Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adewumi. In this series, we are going to go through some Bible teaching. I'm going to second epistle of John. It's only one chapter, and then after that, we go to the third epistle of John, and we go on from there. From this is Apostle John writing a letter to what he called an elite. Verse one: The elder, Apostle John is the elder, unto the elect lady and her children. Now, many. Many people, many scholars assume this may be written to a particular woman in the church. And Apostle John also could be just using the word elect lady to symbol to represent the church. Because the, the church is supposed to be the bride of Christ. So you can take it both ways. But when you see the letter, you know he's talking to the church, not just a particular woman, but also be talking to a woman that perhaps a, a good leader in the fellowship. See, the elder, that's Apostle John, unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. What is the truth? The word of God is the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. So he's more or less addressing this letter to every believer because and to our, and to our children. Verse 2 says, For the truth's sake which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Verse 3 says, Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Verse 4, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received the commandment from the Father. Now, in running to some believers, or some of the believers in, that are related to that woman, or in the particular church group that he is addressing, let's say he's right to the, a particular church in a particular town, in a particular city, and he also has run into some of their brethren, you know, well, these are, they are really genuinely saved indeed. So that's what he's saying. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth. So when we when we run into one another, we know that this is a brother indeed, filled of the Holy Ghost, and the word of his mouth or our mouth is always uh, in line with the word of God. We should rejoice that we are like-minded, and that's what Apostle John is explaining to us that he rejoiced when he found that he has run into some believers belong to this elect lady, which perhaps is a particular church group. And they were in line with the truth, and he said he rejoiced greatly. Verse 5 now is where he started to exhort. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I write a new commandment unto thee, but that which we heard from the beginning, that we love one another. Now, Apostle John's epistle has been love because God has revealed to him that it is love, divine love, that will rapture the bride. No matter how much you may say, Well, I have faith. I am doing this. If you don't, if Bible says faith without love, if you have your faith walked by love, so if you don't have love, the faith will not work. What do you mean by love? When you say faith walked by love, but it's the sermon I preach where the Lord showed to reveal to to my understanding in the scriptures, leading me through all the Bible examples of where the Lord Jesus Christ performed miracles in the gospel. You will notice it was the compassion which is love, the compassion in the heart of Jesus that he used to perform these miracles. When he made the bread and multiplied bread for 5,000, the Bible said, the Bible said it was 
he had compassion on the people. He didn't want them to go hungry. So compassion is divine love. That love must be in us and our faith will work. And that's why I say faith without that compassion we most likely will not work because he said faith walketh by love. And Apostle John as God in this revelation is revealing to us over and over again that it is love, love, love that we need. Divine, divine love among the brethren and then to every woman being also. We must be example of divine love. And here is Apostle John repeating to this woman that I wrote a, I, not as though I wrote a new commandment to thee, but that which we heard from the beginning, which is that we love one another. Verse 6, and this is love, that we walk after his commandments. See, that's how we say we love. If we don't walk after his commandments, you are not showing love to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Remember that. The Lord Jesus Christ said, if he love me, keep my commandments. And the commandments of love of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is one single or not, that that shall not keep, that shall not steal. I also summarize in loving one another. If you love this fellow, you are not going to steal from him. If you need something, you will ask for help, and he may be able to help, not stealing from him. If you love the, your people in, a, in, a, in your country, you won't be robbing them of the money that was expected to be used as a contractor to build a bridge or to make a road for them, and you pocket that money and run away. That is not love. You don't love these people that you are expected to build the bridge for, or you are the governor, and you are expected to to pay the salary of this your employee of the of the employees in your that are working for the government and you are keeping money and not paying their salary you don't love these people you don't love and if you don't love them you don't love yourself either you see you say love if you love somebody you won't do it you say love walketh no ill to his neighbor love love walketh no ill to his neighbor so that is what the Bible, the, God, the, the commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ to every believer is to love one another. Not just loving Christians, love everyone that comes your way. In fact, loving your neighbor is what he said. He said, love yourself, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And that man said, who is my neighbor? And then the Lord gave him the parable of the good Samaritan. That anyone that has need is your neighbor. So when I'm bringing it to your nitty gritty example, that if you are government worker and you are embezzling the public money it's called public fund that money that you are embezzling it is the government money it is the money of that man in the street the money of that woman in the street in the market the money of that fellow that needs to get a, a job that is looking for a job and couldn't get a job you are stealing money from him when you say you are stealing from the government pocket and putting your own pocket you are a thief and you know where those thieves go hell lake of fire you want to repent and that goes to the little man in the office, government office and to the big man that is in the, government, the governor's office or president of a country. If you are robbing the people, the public fund, you are robbing them of, their, of the money that you should use to develop the country, to develop the city, then you are a thief. And you don't love these people that you say you are, you are, you are telling them to vote for you. You don't love them. And God is going to cut the wicked down very soon. God will cut down the wicked because God is the one that exalts people and then is the one that calls down the people. So that's why we as encourage believers, you take your fight spiritually. You have to do both. I vote for this man, vote for that man that they, they, they can trick people to vote for them and just tell you good things. But when they get there, what do they do? 
their pockets even to their own pockets. See? But you take your fight spiritually by praying. You can pull down evil governors. You can pull down evil presidents by prayer, by decree, by authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can pull down evil workers that are taking bribe and they won't do the job. They just want money for their pocket. They are stealing from the people. It's thief. It's stealing. And those are all the things God is saying. If you love these people, you won't be stealing from them. So that is what the king, the only law Jesus Christ gave to us is love one another. So if you love, you will not kill, you will not steal, you will not commit adultery against the other person's spouse. If you love, you will not commit fornication because the fellow you are fornicating with, you are not, you are not marrying this fellow, if somebody is going to marry that, you are, you, are you are committing sin with somebody that will marry this woman later or that man later. You see, that is, you don't show love. And that is what Christ said, love is the primary law he gave to us. It's the only law that is given to the body of Christ. And when you do, he says you will walk no ill to your neighbor. Very important. So Apostle John, in his epistle, always emphasizing that it is love, one another God has given to us, so that your heart can be pure and clean, and then God can answer your prayers. I'm going back to second epistle of John again, chapter 1 is the only chapter. Verse 6 is what you are saying. He said, this is love that we walk after his commandments. What is the commandment of the Lord? I just repeated it again. It is loving one another is the commandment the Lord Jesus Christ gave to us. And then he said, this is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. Now he's going to give the warning. This is the main reason why he was writing this episode in verse 7. See, for many deceivers are entered into the world. How did he know? He must have seen things in the visions, in the spirit world, seen some satanic spirits coming upon the earth. And you know that they are going to be using all the tactics of the devil, deception, deceiving people. It's what the devil used in the first day when he came to Eve. Remember in the Garden of Eden? The Satan came in the truth that animal called serpent to deceive Adam and Eve. But he couldn't go through Adam, so he went through the weaker vessel, the woman, and started making conversation. Don't converse with the devil. Don't make any conversation with Satan. But that was what the devil used. Deception. It was deception. What is, how, how was the deception played out? He was deceiving them by telling them that you, when you do what God says you shouldn't do, oh, your eyes will be open. You will be like God. You will be, you will be this. You will be. It's almost like saying when you take bribery, you will be rich. Oh, you get so much money. Or when you go and take a gun and be armed robber, or you do kidnapping, you make a lot of money. What they didn't tell you is that you are digging your grave in hell. The devil will not tell you about hell, Lake of Idols. He said, don't believe in hell. You are thinking of now, but see, God is thinking of where you go from here. And God is thinking of where you go from here because you say, well, that's when you grow old and I will tell you you're going to grow old. How do you know you're going to grow old? You can die at the age of 17 and you go to hell if you, if you are a sinner. You can die at the age of 100, you go to hell if you are a sinner. You can die at the age of 10 years old and you, can go to, you still go to hell if you are a sinner. So that is why we are asking you to come to Christ and be pure and love, walk in love that Jesus Christ commanded. And then you are established to be acceptable even if somebody kill you on the road you are acceptable because you have a new hope a, a kingdom that is coming where christ is going to raise up his people and they will inherit this planet forever and ever that is a better hope than the money you are going to make by embezzling money or the money you are going to make right now you are thinking of this life as just 
what you can gain right now. Somebody told me that where well, who, who knows with the future, who knows who has ever been to 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 that other side and back. God is making people to go to the other side and back and telling us. In fact, Jesus Christ gave the story of the rich man and Lazarus. This thing is real, my friend. This thing is real. That the rich man went to hell because only lived for himself and for the now and then. And then after he died, he found himself in hell where he was going to spend the rest of eternity. And it's not a joke, my friend. It's not a joke. But that Lazarus didn't get anything and he was a beggar, but he feared God and he, went himself, he found himself in paradise when he died. So this is not a joke. And the Apostle John continued to express it that we must love for another, walk in love. Because that is the commandment God gave to us. He said, There will be many deceivers that are coming to the world, right? Number seven. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. He said, This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now, I was pointing to the fact that Satan, when he came and attacked Eve in the Garden of Eden, it was an attack. Attack is not something he started beating her down, but he's spiritually deceiving her to make her think when you do what God says you shouldn't do, you are going to be rich, you are going to be prosperous, you are going to be like God. But it was deception. It was deception. He didn't, he didn't, he said, Well, you won't die. God said you are dying. No, you won't die. It's a lie. He died that day because he did with the Lord a thousand years. But he was trying to deceive them because think they say, Well, you, you touch it, you didn't die. Nothing. If you eat it, you are not going to die also. You see, that is deception because they died that same day. The day is the day a thousand years with the Lord. And that's why they, none of them clock one thousand years. Except the one that God took away without seeing it, which is Enoch. Because he walked with God. So what the Bible is telling us is, don't let the devil deceive you. Now it says, say, Apostle John saw some spirits coming to the world. They were coming during that time to come and oppose the gospel. The gospel was saying Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and by that time Jesus Christ has already come and gone to heaven. Maybe 20 years later, these spirits started coming and say, Well, there was nothing like that. Nobody died like that. Nobody did that for any mankind. And they were, that's why he said they will be coming to say Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh. Because the apostles are still preaching that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came and lived among us and he was crucified and he rose again and went up. And these demons, spirits from the hell, they were now coming to the world after 20 something years, no, 30 something years later, and trying to deceive people. Deceive those who are believers and say, well, those things were not true, or it, never, it didn't come, or that was just a mythology, nothing like that. That was what they are trying to pro pro promote. And that's why Apostle John saw it before they started manifesting himself and started warning the believers in verse 7. So, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is carved in the flesh. So that was their first line of deception. To make them say, oh, that was just a myth, a mythology. Never happened. No man called Jesus. Or people just made it up. That was the first story they used. But that didn't say well with the believers anyway. But they might deceive the unbeliever that never want to believe anyway. So this is a deceiver and an antichrist. Antichrist means opposition to Christ. Verse 8. Now Apostle John said to this body of Christ or the woman or the elect people, look to yourself that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. And what about what do you mean by your efforts? There are all the efforts of preaching the gospel to everybody, all the efforts of growing in grace, all the efforts of fasting and praying that we have been doing. So don't lose all of those rewards that you're going to get if you begin to believe that 
there was no Jesus, or you begin to believe this deception of the devil that is going to be propagating, like the evolution. Evolution is something that came to the world by some fake scientists that say, well, human beings were not created, there was no God, and human beings just come through monkey. Monkey just evolved to human beings, and they shook the faith of many that wanted to believe there is a God that created mankind. See? That is another lie the devil tried to, that he's still selling it to many that don't want to believe in in the true God, that oh, we all come through evolution. We came through a big bang in the sky, and then big bang suddenly form all these planets that look like foolishness, and all the planets now suddenly produce all these human beings with intelligence. Why don't we have another big bang in there and see another big planet with some new intelligence? That was deception of the devil. But anyone that is that we follow the devil can be, will be deceived. But anyone that follow Christ. Don't be deceived, it's what Apostle John is saying. But he said, we cannot be deceived. Said, but if somebody is listening to what the devil is saying, you are going to lose all the reward you should have gotten by all the efforts you have been putting in the gospel, by all your praying and all your fasting and all your living for Christ. He said, don't lose that reward. That's why he said, look to yourself that we lose not those things which we have wrought. Who are the people that wrought this thing? Even the preacher that are preaching to you, they have wrought a good work. Apostle Paul was rejoiced that way. He found that these people that he has converted, they are still in faith. So he was rejoiced that his labor has not been in vain because we are laboring when we are preaching to you guys. When we are on the radio, we are laboring, we are spending our money, we are spending our time to teach you these things, that this thing is real. And we do not want you to lose it and lose your reward and not go to heaven. That's why it will be painful when we get there, we didn't see you in heaven because you didn't follow through. It will be painful. That oh, all the efforts it was lost, so that's why Apostle John is saying the same thing to this woman. Let us not lose all that things we have we have wrought in your life in preaching the gospel, in teaching you all these things. Stay true to you to the end, and you will receive the full reward. Verse nine: Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, as not God. And if you don't abide in this doctrine that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that is the doctrine of Christ. Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Died, died for our sins and rose again to justify us and is coming back soon. That is the doctrine of Christ. That there was God's Son came to this world to save mankind. That's the doctrine of Christ. If anyone does not want to accept that or want to, want to believe that anymore, then they are not abiding in the doctrine of Christ. And then you don't, he said, you don't have God if you don't abide that because God is telling us that's the only way he's going to save mankind. I set my Son into you and you will be saved. Someone does not accept Jesus Christ, then he has not accepted God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. Verse 10. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, that is the doctrine of Christ, that Christ is our Savior, he came and died for us, and rose again, and went to heaven, and is coming back soon. If that doctrine, if they are preaching something that is contrary to that, like some people claim to be following the Christianity, and they don't believe that Jesus Christ was born through a virgin, then they are not preaching the doctrine of Christ. Or they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. They think well, your religion also can save you. Then they are all following the false. They are not following the doctrine of Christ. Because there are some people that are now trying to unite all religions together and believing that the Hindus are also worshipping their own God and they are all going through the same God. The Buddhists, the Islam, they are all worshiping this God. No, we are not worshiping the same God. See, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
We are telling the truth in love. <laughs> because I was born in among the among the Islam. And not only born in among the Islam, I've been in the idol worshipping when I was little, dancing in front of a pot, a pot full of water when I was little, because they thought that was the one that kept me from being dead, from being killed when I was a little boy. See? But from there I I came to Christ. I've gone to the, almost every other denomination before the Lord Christ saved my soul and gave me a whole understanding of the gospel of salvation. And then we know what we are talking about when we tell you that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. He gave you peace and He gave you the Holy Spirit. And we have fellowship with angels. We born to heaven and back. God has made us to see these things so that we can tell you that this thing is real and it's true. Believe it for your own good. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Verse 10 is what we are saying. If they are coming in unto you and bring not this doctrine of Christ, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speech. It's more like saying that don't, don't entertain those who are trying to bring false doctrine to you. Once you see that they are not preaching Jesus as the Savior, as the Christ, and they have mixed it with some uh, world of our God because everyone is worshiping the same God. No, they are not worshiping the same God. God said, I know that I am my own. So then if they are not preaching that, they don't even entertain, don't listen to them. Just, just go your way. Verse 11. For he that beadeth him, God's spirit is partaker of his evil deeds. And if you are wishing him good and giving him funding, I say, well, I don't believe what you say, but I will fund you. No, you are funding heresy. You don't want to fund heresy. Say so you are partakers of his evil deeds. Verse 12. Having many things to write unto you, I will not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. So Apostle John was more or less writing this letter ahead of himself, saying that he's coming to either this group or this sister called the elderly lady, elect lady, or to their church, and he's going to really preach to them face to face, as that's what he was saying, that it's just this is a brief summary of what he wanted to point out that hey, there are many spirits that are coming to the world now that are not confessing Jesus is the only Savior. They are not confessing that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. They are trying to say this was just a mythology. He must have seen it in the spirit and saw them going and is warning believers about it. And we may say, why well, we don't see any of those going on in the world right now. Yeah, but there are other type of false deceiving spirits that have mixed up in form of churches, in form of religion and just preaching what they wanted to preach. The same with, in form of science, that are preaching heresy, saying there is no God, or evolution. These are part of the spirits of the devils that are coming to the world just to deceive mankind. To turn them away from the true savior, the only savior that can save mankind because Satan knows his doom. Satan knows the end. He knows that his end is already determined. He was going to that lake of fire. He was he's trying to get as many as human beings with him, but not me. So you better say not you too. So stand firm in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God bless you. So as I said, the children of thy elect sister greeted. And now why do you say elect sister in that verse? Now Apostle John is writing. You know that Apostle John is talking from another city. So he belongs to a part of a particular group, a fellowship. Maybe call it a fellowship. And he's writing to another fellowship group somewhere in another town. So they call him elect lady. So there is a church in Susan so Christ. Apostle John will have, if Apostle Paul was writing a letter like that, he would have said to the church in so so so's place. But as Apostle Paul was the one that founded some of those churches, 
not Apostle, Apostle John Paz didn't write it that way because he only just fellowship with this group, fellowship with that group, fellowship with that group. So he could have said elect group, elect group over there, elect group over there, instead of saying the church in the city. So Apostle John said, well, you know, we are like a sister church to your sister church. Well, that's why I say the children of the elect lady, elect sister, greet them. So the fellowship where he was is called elect sister. And he said the children, which means all our brethren here. It's greeting all your brethren over there. So really, that's what he's saying. And that is a good way of wrapping up his letter because we go to the third epistle and you see he's, he was writing, Apostle John was writing to somebody particular also in that in that particular epistle. You see the same second epistle and the third epistle of John, they were similar. The Bible said he has given us the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and to lead us to all truth and to guide us. Because he's a, he's a comforter it's a guide and it's uh, and it's, uh, it's going to also reveal to us the word of God because uh, the spirit when the spirit of the spirit of truth shall come, it shall lead you to all truth. So the word of God is the truth. And when we have the Holy Spirit in us, which Jesus Christ has given to us, he says he will show us things to come. He will show us things to come. And like uh, what Apostle John was talking about is things to come because he has seen those spirits coming and they may not start manifesting in the physical year, but he's warning the believers that he showed us things to come. And God is still doing that up to now, is what I'm saying. True, we believers, true, we believe. And when we clearly divide the word of truth or clearly understand the visions we are seeing or revelation we are seeing, we have to warn one another that watch out, something like this is coming, whether it is famine that is coming or economic crisis that is coming or even just uh, evil spirits that are going to cause division. You see, what is happening in many places right now has been seen before, foretold. Many people sometimes didn't know how it's going to manifest. Or it has been spoken that this is going to happen in the world. Think of all this um, Haram that is going on in, in Africa and Nigeria, where they are extreme jihadists. Many of these have been preached that the end is near. And God is making us to preach those things because he's seeing it coming. That's why he said, preach to these people that the end is near. There will be a lot of persecution. And it started through that Boko Haram. Now we say, foreigners are born in some churches. Those are persecution. It doesn't say you should go and take guns. But if we people have prayed up, they will have built up their faith to be able to use faith also to resist those things because we still have authority over Satan. Individually, every believer. Don't say, hey, if you have authority, why don't you pray for us? Every individual has authority over Satan in your own corner so that you can resist the devil with your own authority in the name of Jesus Christ. And then if you gather together, we can resist the devil together in the whole nation. But see, when people are not united, you see, Christ said, if two of you shall agree, so there must be agreement, there must be unity. Even if the churches are not united again, God cannot work for you. So that's why God is saying every exhortation that he's teaching us in the word of God are very important. Unity in the body of Christ will make our prayer to be effective. You want to pray for the, for your nation, you want to pray against Boko Haram, you want to pray against evil men, but you can't be fighting no guys one with another. I was in the fellowship many years in the 1970s. We are a minister, a brother rose up in the congregation and mentioned two or four brethren and said, These brethren who are competitors with him, let's call them competitors. He called them by name in the congregation and said they are they are wolves in sheep's clothing. That was a lie because these brethren were true believers. But see, by, 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 by saying that in his congregation, when some of these brethren were even in the, in the congregation, some of the brethren was mentioning were, he actually just caused division in the congregation. He caused division. That means he caused, because some, some, some of the people that are listening to 
him in that congregation will believe him, some will not believe him. That's a division right there. When you divide a church, you have you know they don't say where they have separated from one another. No, you have so divided their hearts. You cannot agree in prayer now because the church is divided. Now, after he has said that, at the end of his sermon, after he mentioned those people and called them by names and said they are wolves, people should pray for them. All right, God's going to judge them. You know what he did next? There was somebody that was dying. And he said, let's pray for his, his sister that was dying. You know that sister died? All their prayer won't work because this brother has already divided the church. Unity is very important. So if you are not united, you can't even pray against Boko Haram. If you are not united in your church, you can't even pray against Fulani uh, men that you are saying, everyone pray, 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 pray for this country. You can't pray if you are not united because God will work with unity. See, if two of you or three shall agree, if you are not agreeing, you may say you are praying together, but the other fellow didn't agree in his heart, then the prayer is not working. It's better you pray alone. Because Elijah alone prayed and God can do something. But you see, if you are going to make a collective prayer, make sure you are united. So all of those things are what the Holy Ghost is teaching us, leading us to know how to handle this situation. God bless you. We continue in the next uh, sermon. God bless you.